the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. On Partners in the Gospel, we talk with ministry leaders, pastors, other local community members, as well as national influencers who are making a kingdom impact. We air here on 100.7 The Word and also on podcast at thewordfm1007.com. So please check out past episodes there. Our first guest on today's program is Diane Ferraro. She is the CEO of Save the Storks. And uh, if you don't know about Save the Storks, where have you been? They are an amazing ministry that they're best known for their stork buses of bringing this gift of being able to see your baby in the womb right to the doorstep of clinics that... uh, that take a different perspective on pregnancy that we don't quite agree with. And so we love Save the Storks. They're a national ministry, but they're based here in the Springs, and their CEO, Diane Ferraro, is joining us today to discuss equal access to motherhood. And then in our second segment, we'll be featuring Dr. Michael Youssef of Leading the Way Ministries and his new book, How to Read the Bible, as if your life depended on it. Great, great title. Looking forward to that interview. Well, Diane Ferraro, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Thank you so much for having me today. What an honor. It's great to have you here. I'll give you a little background on Diane, and then she'll tell you more about herself. Diane Ferraro was adopted at birth. She's a foster care and adoptive mother, has 30 years of marketing experience in the corporate sector, And then she joined Save the Storks in 2018 and since 2021 has been its CEO. And again, we're going to be discussing, talking about sharing about equal access to motherhood for all women, regardless of background. So, Diane, we'll we'll start with you, finding out more about you. You are the CEO of Save the Storks, so obviously you're a pro-life advocate, but why are you personally pro-life? Yeah, that is a great question. And when I get asked often, I was adopted as a baby and my adoption story was beautiful. I had loving parents. I did not know much about my birth mother, but I had always considered myself pro-life even before I accepted Christ as my savior, which took place in around when I was around 26 years old. And I knew that being adopted, I was given a gift that not all women are given, not all children are given. And my adoptive mother had always told me that I was special because I was adopted. And as I grew in my faith in the Lord, I understood what adoption meant to be adopted into the family of the Lord. And as a non-Christian, it just made sense to me to choose adoption when a woman is facing an unplanned pregnancy. And I never quite understood why a woman would feel that abortion was her only choice. When I was a teenager growing up in Anaheim, California, I was just a few miles away from Disneyland. I would drive to a part-time job, and I would drive by an abortion clinic. And there were well-meaning protesters outside, but I could tell that they just weren't winning that woman over with love and compassion. They were really scaring her with the graphic images and the big megaphones, and I thought there's got Mm. to be a better way. And here we are, fast forward, 
you know, using the digital platform to win women over who are searching for abortion solutions or answers. That's where the pro-life movement gets to come in and just play a beautiful role in in coaching a mom and really educating her about what real choice means. And real choice is not abortion, of course. And when you came to faith, how did that, you know, solidify those those sort of predispositions from your background. It it just really confirmed, you know, that being pro-life is is what we must be as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, because we are created in his image. We are created in the womb and the Lord knows our life even before, you know, we are conceived. He knows what our, our purpose is in life. And we have to trust the Lord that he is doing something beautiful and wonderful. And really to be pro-life means that we're empowering moms to trust the Lord also. They might not know the Lord yet, but it's a great opportunity to win that woman over to Christ when she understands that baby that's forming inside of her. Hmm. So let's talk about the church and pro-life. Um, this is an issue. Certainly the churches talk about life and supporting life, and but so much of the rhetoric from, from the other side you know, has been about this being a women's issue and with most churches being led by men, it, it sort of gets left out. So... Um, why do you believe the church should be proactive on the life issue? I mean, aren't, you know, all Christians waiting to, you know, have marriage before getting pregnant and, you know, wouldn't consider right. abortions at all? No, we know that's not <laughs> the case. So so let's talk about that issue, you know, within the church. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up and you're recognizing this because when I joined the ministry world, uh, coming out of a corporate background, I thought, oh, this is going to be a slam dunk, right? You get to talk about what it means to be pro-life to Christians, I have been shocked to find out how many churches are afraid to talk about the pro-life issue from the pulpit. I have been shocked to learn that a reported four out of 10 women in the church have had an abortion. And of course, for every woman that has had an abortion, there was a man who paid for it, who, who drove her to the mm-hmm. clinic or maybe coerced her into it. Well, and, and may have had something to do with the pregnancy. I hear that men have something yes, to do with the pregnancy. Yes, I, I don't do. want to get too graphic on the air, but we might have responsibility <laughs> in this area. Absolutely. And, you know, um, we work with an artist named Matt Hammett who recognized Mm -hmm. that, too. He has a great program called Dare to Be a Dad. I know that so many pastors want to do the right thing. They want to speak up. But sadly, culture, politics, they've taught us that the abortion issue is it's a women's right. It's women's health care. All of these false narratives, you know, my body, my choice. And sadly, pastors, I think, are just afraid to speak about it from the pulpit. And that's why it's important as Christians, you know, you might not be the pastor or a leader in your church, but let your pastor know that you want him to talk about this. You want you want to hear about this. You want to have a support group maybe for women who are post-abortive, for men who are post-abortive. Let your pastor know it's okay, that you're not going to flee the church, that you're not going to stop tithing just because he talks about a hard issue. And what are some of the topics that you suggest if there's pastors listening, you know, out there that they can do scripturally to, you know, to bring this forward and bring it into the conversation? Yes. I mean, there's so many scriptures, of course, that talk about the the beauty of life and where it starts. Um, I think I would just follow Jesus and, and his teachings as well. You know, I think of the woman at the well. I think of Jesus speaking to that woman who was about to be stoned to death. Jesus loved women right where they were at, no matter their circumstances. He loved all humanity right where they were at. And I think pastors need to go back to really the teachings of Jesus and think about that. Think about what can I teach my congregation? They might want to ask the, you know, maybe some key members of the church, you know, who is 
post-abortive. Some people might be afraid to even mention it. Mm -hmm. But I think if the pastor can get a trusted authority figure in the church to maybe even share their story, or maybe it was an unplanned pregnancy and they chose adoption or they chose to parent their child, I think it's important we let the, the next generation in the church especially know that abortion isn't the unforgivable sin, that we recognize young people will get pregnant out of wedlock. Unfortunately, it's just the way of the world and that we have to make the church a safe place. And not only for those Christians in the church, but also for people who don't yet know the Lord. Imagine if a church had a ministry that welcomed single moms, single dads, they could bring them into the church and introduce them to Christ. Very wonderful. Well, we're now going to take the weight off the pastors because the pastors are not the whole church, right? So what can we do as believers in our neighborhoods or through our churches to help women and men who are dealing with an unplanned pregnancy? Yes, absolutely. It's it's not all on the pastor's plate. As a Christian, we need to really look around us, see what resources are in need. There's local pregnancy clinics in every city across America. There's a wonderful one, Life Network, right here in Colorado Springs. They're always looking for volunteers. If you're a medical professional, consider either volunteering your time or working full-time at a pregnancy clinic. You could also work at a hospital as a Christian, as a pro-life Christian, and share the gospel. There's ways to do this without getting fired, right? Also, step alongside single moms, single dads. Mm-hmm. Consider becoming a mentor. Might be right in your neighborhood. Yes, yeah. offer to babysit. Go out and get groceries. Invite a family over for a meal. Um, love on those kids. Love on the mom. Love on the dad. And let them know that you're there for them. When you recognize a woman who might be pregnant in the grocery store, maybe ask a little about, bit about her story. Who knows? She might be considering an abortion, and you're reaching out to her and just letting know that you're you're in, in it with her and that you'll come alongside her. That might be exactly what she needs to cancel her abortion appointment the next day. And I would say let's get more involved with the youth that we see just in our neighborhood before they get in trouble Amen. to be in their lives so that you can talk about them, counsel them about good choices, and then and then be somebody who's comfortable to talk to, which maybe, you know, they don't feel comfortable talking to their parents, but, would, you know, it's sort of an uncomfortable thing to bring to your parents, right? So uh, let's get more involved in our neighborhoods and stop leaving people alone. Let's Let's get more involved. Yes. Okay, so... Let's get to Save the Storks, this, uh, this amazing ministry uh, that's, that's national but based here in the Springs. How did it start? What are some of its major programs? And how can our listeners get involved with you? Yes. Hi. So Save the Storks actually started in 2012 with one mobile medical clinic. We affectionately call these the Stork Bus. I also call them the Vessel of Divine Deliverance. You know, think about baby Moses when he was placed in that basket to save his life. I think of our mobile medical clinics as a modern day version of that. When a woman steps on board a mobile medical clinic, she's given free resources. She gets a free pregnancy test, a free ultrasound. This is a big vehicle that you pull up in front of anywhere, but you go down to where people are heading in to consider abortions or get abortions. And so it's a big bus. It's a a custom state of the art vehicle. Um, It's really a health clinic on wheels. We have women step on board and say it's nicer than any doctor's office they've ever been in. Run by medical professionals everything is state-of-the-art. These are custom-built for our community's needs. And yes, that woman steps on board four out of five times when she steps on board. She sees the ultrasound, she sees the baby's heartbeat, and she chooses life. And we know that not every mom is maybe ready to parent, so that's why we introduce her to adoption resources, which of course is close to my heart, because sadly, women have just been told the lie and they've believed the lie. And when they hear that baby's heartbeat, 
They're like, yes. I met a woman yesterday in St. Louis who stepped on board one of our stork buses, and she had actually stepped out of the Planned Parenthood clinic. There was a mobile medical clinic right outside where a, a very kind sidewalk advocate walked her over. She was met with a nurse practitioner. She heard her baby's heartbeat and chose life. So the beauty of that and just meeting that woman face-to-face is wonderful. Well, you're, you, you have a big milestone coming up, your 100th Stork Bus. So tell us about that initiative and how people can help, because these buses cost, what, about a half a million dollars? They're anyway, for, yeah, 280000 up to 380000 oh, okay, okay. Yes, yes. And, you know, we were able to um, have our 100th mobile medical clinic here at the Road Church in Colorado Springs. Uh, we had a beautiful concert to celebrate this. Um, we had people come outside and pray for it. And then it started its journey. So the 100th mobile medical clinic is so significant because up to this point, we've saved an estimated 12,000 babies' lives. And think of the thousands of women who have been served. And this mobile medical clinic, you know, by going to its new home in Tennessee, where it just arrived today, we are going to reach more women, change hearts and minds and give them that real equal access to motherhood that they've been told by Planned Parenthood for, you know, 50 years now that they can't be a mom. They're not good enough. They don't have enough money. They don't have the resources. As the Christian church, we need to come alongside and tell them we believe in you. We trust you. We want to empower you. And that's why Save the Storks has not only the mobile medical clinics, which are beautiful. We partner with pregnancy resource clinics, and we have a database with nearly 20,000 resources for moms. Okay. And real quick, as we're finishing up, what's the best way for people to get involved with Save the Storks? Yes, you can check out our website at savethestorks.org. You can sign up to volunteer. We're so blessed by that. You can pray for us. That's the most important thing, or you can join us as a monthly partner. So again, visit savethestorks.org to learn more about our ministry. Okay, so you heard that, Save the Storks, this amazing national ministry that's helping to save the lives of babies and and give women an alternative and men when they have an unwanted pregnancy, or not an unwanted pregnancy, but an unplanned pregnancy. Go to savethestorks.org for more information. Well, Diane, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you, Heim. God bless you. That was Diane Ferraro, the CEO of Save the Storks. Well, coming up after the short break here on Partners in the Gospel, we'll be featuring Dr. Michael Youssef of Leading the Way Ministries in his new book, How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depended on It. I'm Chaim Goldman, The Watchman, and we'll be right back on Partners in the Gospel. Stick around. Hi, this is Chaim Goldman, The Watchman, new host of Partners in the Gospel on The Word, 100.7 FM in Colorado Springs. Would you like to suggest a ministry leader, pastor, or other member of our community who is making a true kingdom impact to be a guest on Partners in the Gospel program? maybe even suggest yourself. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Please call me, Hi, I'm Goldman, at Salem Media Group at 719-388-0386. That's 719-388-0386. Welcome back to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. Well, it's that time of year again for Marty's Toy Box, helping local children have a Merry Christmas. Please drop off new unwrapped toys at Perkins Motors, 1205 Motor City Drive, or here at the Salem Radio Studios on Campus Drive. And this is sponsored by the Salvation Army and Perkins Motors. For more information, go to our website, thewordfm1007.com. Well, in this segment of Partners in the Gospel, we're featuring Dr. Michael Youssef of Leading the Way Ministries and his new book, How to Read the Bible as if your life depended on it. Now, clearly, there's no other book like the Bible, comprising 66 books by at least 40 human authors, 
writing over a span of 1,600 years. The Bible is nevertheless a single book with a single author, and its unity confounds human wisdom. God inspired kings, shepherds, fishermen, priests, prophets, even a tax collector to address the people of their time and place and the people of all times and all places. He gave them a single theme, Jesus the Messiah, our Redeemer. From Genesis to Revelation, these 66 books tell one story, the story of man's rebellion against God and God's redemptive love for the human race. Hallelujah. It's the story of a kingdom and a covenant and a Lord who saves completely and rules eternally. The Bible baffles its critics, challenges its enemies, and comforts, as we know, all those seeking hope, truth, love, and peace with their Creator and within themselves. No matter what you're facing, what you've done, or how dark your circumstances, this book, the Bible, illuminates the path to a life of purpose and joy. But as fewer Christians read the Bible daily, fewer understand what a marvelous revelation it is from God to man. And so how to read the Bible as if your life depends on it by Dr. Michael Youssef offers believers and non-believers alike a new appreciation of the Bible, helping them to read it for understanding, not just as the storybook they remember from childhood. And about Michael Youssef, Michael Youssef, Ph.D., is the founder and president of Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, a worldwide ministry that leads the way for people living in spiritual darkness to discover the light of Christ through the creative use of media and on-the-ground ministry teams. His daily radio programs and weekly television shows are broadcast in 28 languages and seen worldwide, airing more than 14,000 times per week. Wow. He is also the founding pastor of the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, Georgia, which has more than 3,000 members. Dr. Youssef, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. And uh, before we get into the discussion of your book about the Bible, let's talk about the books that are being pushed on children around the country. California recently passed a law. The governor of California signed it. And they're going to, to find under this law is schools that choose to take out books from their library that deal with critical race theory in a critical way, or this is even worse, those books that are more or less pornographic in terms of what they have in them. These are books that literally, if parents try to read them at school board meetings, they get shut down and escorted out because they are so perverted. But the governor of California is saying he will not let them be taken out of the school libraries, and he's going to fine the school districts if they try. What do you make of all this? It's satanic. That's all it is. From our Christian point of view, it's it's pure satanic activities. The destruction of the family is Satan's desire from day one. He destroyed the marriage of Adam and Eve by having a rebel against God, and he has been trying to do this ever since. He's First of all, of course, he's trying to have a, a, a conduct a coup d'etat to unseat God from his throne. And then he got thrown out of heaven with third of the angelic being. And they are creating havoc. Mm. And I really believe that Satan is now sensing that his time coming to an end. And he does not know the times. Even Jesus said he did not. Only the Father knows the moment where the world is going to end. 
but he senses it. He, he, he can read the tea leaves of, as it were, and he feels that his time is coming to an end, and therefore he is intensifying his activities and turning the very government that we need, we need to protect us to work against us and against our children. Dr. Youssef, you have written a new book. It's titled How to Read the Bible as if Your Life Depends on It. That's quite a declaration. It is, and deliberately so, because I used to be part of the mainline denominations, and I left when we lost the battle for the Bible, once the undermining of the Scripture, and started with all kinds of, oh, it's your interpretation. Now they, de- they deny it altogether. Now, that same argument that I experienced or, or lived 40 years ago, that I'm reliving it with the evangelical churches. We have mega church pastor who's telling other pastors that we need to get unhitched from the Old Testament. They get mega churches uh, all over the country who are telling people, well, you can't really uh, defend the Bible, and therefore uh, you don't defend it. Uh, and, and the truth is, this book has taken me 52 years to write in mm. reality because it, it basically, it's a condensing of my entire life and ministry and my conviction of the authority of the Word of God as inspired by the Holy Spirit as infallible Word of God. And so I show in the book and explain why from Genesis to Revelation, it's a one theme. It's one book. Of course, the Bible exposes people's failures and sin and judgment and so forth. Those are things that are important. Bible doesn't take the characters and wash them and uh, stash them and put them in a cellophane paper and put them on a pedestal and said, now be like that. No, they show us warts and all. So the Bible is trustworthy and must be believed if a person going to be eternally saved and making it to heaven must do what Jesus did. He affirmed the authority of the Old Testament, which was his Bible. He quoted Noah. He quoted from Jonah. He quoted from Daniel. He basically said, I came to fulfill. I came to complete the Old Testament. I often say the Old Testament is like a house but lacks a roof. And so the New Testament is that roof that makes that house complete. We have one book, not two books, like a play, Act 1, Act 2. One without the other doesn't make sense. And so those who are going around in the evangelical world saying, let's dump the Old Testament, it's like going and say, your your building is a beautiful building, but the foundation, we can't see it, we don't need it, let's bomb it. Well, how long would the building stay? Pastors and other ministry leaders that are scripture-centric are getting a lot of ministry growth right now, and I don't think there's a mystery as to why, because in a world that is such a mess, people are turning to places where they can get actual truth and have actual power from that truth impacting their lives and bringing about change in others that they didn't believe was possible. Then you have people like ones you're describing who are wanting to untether themselves from the Word. Uh, They may be megachurches now, but I I question that if they stay on this path, what their influence will be in 5 or 10 or 15 years or even less. Because generally when you unplug from the power source, you lose the energy behind the power that drives you. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. As I call it, they're digging a hole, and the more they dig, the more they are buried in that hole. And unfortunately, um, for now, but you're exactly right, it's just a matter of time, the line of demarcation has already begun between the remnant, the true believers, 
And maybe God is already starting to separate the sheep from the goats hmm. uh, and the wheat from the chaff. Maybe the separation already begun. But regardless of that, I think you're exactly right. It's just a matter of time when the the genuine believers, those who know and love Jesus, are going to say, I am t- I'm not going to put up with this. I need to go where I people who trust the Word of God to be the Word of God. Dr. Youssef, if someone doesn't read the Bible presently, what would your invitation be to them? Well, this is the, what actually drove me to, to write the book, because 10% of believers, so, so Christians, read the Bible daily. 18% read it uh, maybe once or twice a week. Now I'm saying, how can you say, I am breathing uh, today, so I'm not going to breathe tomorrow? And that biblical illiteracy, really, it's what brings us full circle to what we started with. It's biblical illiteracy that's bringing this kind of mess that we're in morally, psychologically, spiritually, sociologically. And therefore, I am pleading with people everywhere, please read my book, but don't ever use any of my books as a substitute for the Word of God. This book is going to make you so excited so enthusiastic about reading the Word of God that you will never stop reading the Word of God. That's really the purpose of the book. Well, please get this book, How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depended on It, at Amazon and wherever books are sold. And you can also visit Dr. Michael Youssef's Leading the Way website at www.ltw.org. That simple, ltw.org. Thank you, Dr. Youssef, for being on Partners in the Gospel. My pleasure. I'm Haim Goldman, The Watchman, and you've been listening to Partners in the Gospel on 100.7 FM. Catch all of our episodes in podcast on our website at thewordfm1007.com. Now, my brothers and sisters, read the Bible as if your life depended on it, and then please get out there into our community, live the Word, and make an impact for the kingdom for such a time as this. Shalom. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.